Well, hello there, Meg here. Right before we start our awesome show for this week, I just want to touch base and let you know if you would like to work with me and some other fabulous coaches in a small group setting to build your coaching muscles, build your confidence, become more familiar with the new competencies, and gain required mentor coaching hours or core competency credits, be sure to check out the mentor program at starcoachshow.com forward slash mentor. That's starcoachshow.com forward slash mentor. Space and time are running out. So I just wanted to give you a heads up. Now let's go to today's show. You are listening to the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 197. I truly believe wholeheartedly that your audience if they created a power 100 list, the people in their life that like, love, and respect them, and they get their first name, last name, and email address in a Google Sheets or an Excel spreadsheet, and then you go to MailChimp or Infusionsoft, or, which is now Keep, or, or ActiveCampaign, or whatever program you want, and you plug the, that list of names in and send them one email and just say, hey, I'm, you all know that I'm in the coaching business. I have a point where three of my clients just finished their tenure with me. And I've got some openings and I would love to work with people that you think would be worthy of my time and that you think need my assistance. So would you be willing to send this email out, forward it on about coaching? And I think if you did that to a hundred people, I think, you know, 20 to 25 people would be like, oh, I totally forgot you did that. And I've been meaning to share your information with this friend of mine. So thanks for the nudge. And they send it and you get five new clients right off the bat. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello. So happy to have you here. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. And I am over the moon to introduce you to our guest today. Adam Carroll is a speaker, an author, a mentor, and the host of Build a Bigger Life podcast. Adam has been working with people for years to make the most of the money that they make and to recover from debt and uh, thrive in businesses. So when I was exploring with Adam about what should we focus on in this episode that really lights him up, that's going to bring value to all of you, he said to me, you know, Meg, business owners, whether they're brand new business owners or whether they've been in business for a while, really can benefit from some business building strategies. So whether you are just entering into the whole concept of being a business owner and how do I get my feet under me, Adam gives and gives and gives in this interview. If you've been a business owner for a while and you think, oh, I don't need any new business building tips, I'm going to venture to say that you will gain 
great information in today's show. I've been a business owner since 1990 and I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And oh, I'd never thought about it that way. So you're definitely going to want to tune in to today's show. Adam Carroll is a dynamic speaker. He's going to share with us his YouTube channel, which by the way, I recommend that you follow and get tips and strategies from him on a daily basis. Adam's absolutely passionate about making sure that people make the most of the money that they make, that they are successful in business, that they leverage their resources well. And he gives and gives in this interview. Can't wait for you to gain absolute gold nuggets in today's interview. So let's go to my interview with Adam Carroll. Adam Carroll, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Thanks for spending time from Hawaii with us today. You know, Meg, <laughs> what am I going to do here but be on podcasts? It's a gorgeous place to be. I'm just very excited to be with you and your guests. I'm excited to be here as well. Adam and I were talking before we started recording how fun all the virtual backgrounds are because it can make us just feel like we're anywhere in the world right now as we hunker down and focus on on our businesses and what we're doing to get through this particular challenging situation in the best way possible. So Adam, you have done so many and continue to do so many wonderful things. Tell us a little bit about your journey and uh, where you've landed. Oh my gosh. Well, my official journey doing what I think I love to do and what I was put on this earth to do, which is go speak and inspire people, uh, started in around 2004. I went through my turbulent 20s. You've heard that phrase, right? The turbulent the 20s. The turbulent 20s. Two boys in turbulent 20s right now. And it's so hard for, I mean, it's hard for males and females, but for males, you know, our prefrontal cortex isn't even fully developed yet. So we, we can't have forward thought or know, you know, make these rational decisions. So in 2004, I had kind of been through my turbulent 20s and I realized that I really love to speak to groups. And I thought that's what I wanted to do for a living. I'd had a brief, uh, like an 18 month kind of interlude in jobs where I worked for a division of monster.com, the job search company. Yes. And I spoke to high school and college students during that time. And it, it was an amazing experience, Meg. I, I literally cut my teeth on doing programs for about 200,000 you know, teenagers and early... Talk late, about late, a tough crowd. Oh, yeah. gosh. I always say 14-year-olds are the most apathetic human beings on the face of the earth. And if we can hold their attention, you can hold anyone's attention. So I really honed my skills there. And in 2004, I wrote a book called Winning the Money Game. And it was all about how it was a rule book to achieving financial success for young people. And that book was turned into a program, which I then went out and started delivering on high school and college campuses. Oh, how neat. How was, needed. I mean, oh. just how needed. As I said, I've got these two early 20-year-olds. Boy, how needed. It was a great, it was great fun, first of all. And the program was interactive. And, it, and it, you know, to this day... People come up to me that saw me speak at their high school or college and will verbatim state some of the things that I said back. Like, Oh, how neat, Adam. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I always said, if you can eat it, drink it, or wear it, it doesn't go in plastic. I said, at some point, you have to, 
you're going to be a broke college student at some point in your life. You can either do it in college or do it when you're a professional. So it just, it was an amazing experience. But what I realized was that I really had a passion for sharing messages and it wasn't just money. I started talking about leadership, entrepreneurship, and that led me down this path of doing a lot of programs for associations and trade groups and conference work. And, you know, I was speaking at one point, probably 60 to 80 times a year. Wow. That's amazing. It was a lot. It was a lot and wonderful. I had a great time the entire time doing it because it really does fill my bucket Mm -hmm. when I'm out doing it. But I also realized at one point, my kids didn't know who I was. I was going to say, if you're speaking, that's like it sometimes twice a week or more. And I'm assuming it's not all in your backyard. So therefore you're away from family. And while you're getting this great energy and focus, it's like, who are these children? Yes. I was well on my way to the million miler club. And, you know, my, my kids at one point, I remember it distinctly in 2014, my son said, Oh dad, you're home this weekend. And I was like, Oh, that doesn't feel good. Yeah. And my wife and I were, you know, managing, but clearly distant on priorities and things like that, which she would remind me of uh, gently. And so I, I made a decision. And at the moment around 2014, 2015, I thought, I've got to change what I'm doing so that I am gone less, I'm home more, I can make money from home, but I still want to do what I love to do. And candidly, Meg, I, I started to pivot. I, create, I started creating a lot of content. Mm-hmm. So I went to, I'd done a TED Talk, actually a couple of TED Talks, TEDx events right around that time. And in the midst of that, I was working on a documentary for student loan debt. And that ended up being a successful project. That's and I realized cool. that having my words recorded and my you know, content written and put out there was really valuable in terms of building my business. And so the last pivot that I made was I had decided in my you know, luxurious vacation spot here, I wanted to make my vocation my vacation. And to do that, I decided that I wanted to start doing retreats in really cool areas like Destin, Florida and Sedona, Arizona and neat. parts of Colorado. And we would rent really, really nice Airbnb or VRBOs and then bring in 10 or 12 people and have a a kind of a life building personal growth weekend. That is and so cool. We actually had a show with a, a with a coach who does retreats as well and boy was that well received. People were like, oh, "I could I could actually do something like this and and have it be part of my business." Oh, it's so much fun and it's, you know, I want to say it's lucrative to an extent depending on what you charge. Um, but it really does feel like a vacation. I leave those those events just charged with energy where I would leave some events and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. So I tend to follow the energy. Oh, such a smart idea. <laughs> yeah. And thank you. And it works. So when it, where I get energy, I tend to put myself in those positions and in, in, you know, in that role from a business perspective and knock on wood, it's worked so far. That's so good. So as you were sharing your journey, I was thinking in my head, ting, there's one business building tip, ting, there's another business building tip. So I'm willing to bet that some of the things that you have, the decisions you've made, the things that you've done are some of those words of wisdom you're going to bring forward to the audience about how do we build our business. So we know that 
the audience here might be in the place of just trying to wrap their minds around how do I leave corporate America and begin to build a business? Many people that are listening already have businesses, but maybe haven't leveraged them to the place that they'd like or still in that place of how do I let people know that I'm here? So I think that you are the perfect person to help shine some light and say, here, have you thought about this? Or this is, I'm going to challenge you to do this. So when we think about business building, you've built this many successful projects and and endeavors. So where do we want to start when we think about business building? Well, the most logical place for me to start, Meg, would be how my business has been built. And that is, I truly believe that if you are out speaking and using your voice, then you are going to build your business in some way. I often tell one of my business partners, no one knows how smart we are until they hear how smart we are. So we need to be out sharing a message, inspiring people, challenging, whatever it may be. We know that when we are on our feet, we're really good. And we can build you know, client work as a result of that. Would you say that one of the maybe traps that we can fall in is because what we know becomes so second nature to us or it because that we discount it? We, we don't realize that by putting our words into a talk, by sharing that knowledge, other people don't necessarily know what we know. Right. I know it's amazing, but other people might not know what we know. Oh, no, you nailed it. I think we do. We discount what it is we do. Oh, everyone knows how to, you know, create a question framework or they know leadership development is one of my, you know, one of my businesses. They don't. Many times they they don't. don't. I could say something very simple. Like I remember being on college campuses and saying, if you can eat it, drink it or wear it, it doesn't go on plastic. And it was like showing the caveman fire for some of these people, you know, like, whoa, that's great advice. It's not, it's just, Spend less than you make. I mean, that was ultimately my message. The way I packaged it was such that it was memorable mm-hmm. and it landed really well for most people. But yeah, to your point, I think if you have any inkling of, oh, people don't really, or they already know that, or that's not relevant, it is relevant. If people are paying you for coaching, they will likely pay you to come up and share a message in front of a group, which will lead to more coaching clients. So Number one strategy, I think, is speak. And my, from my perspective, the more you speak, the more you speak. So can so, you give us a couple tips about sort of what to think about when you are at the beginning and you're thinking, okay, Adam said speak, yep. where, where would I even begin with that? Yep. I'm running a group right now called a Speaker Launchpad, and we're running six people through how to launch their speaking career from essentially ground zero. They're, they're all wonderful people who have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. They don't exactly know how to package that story and then go out and market that story so that it becomes a saleable talk. So for your audience, what I would say is start with, what is the thing that if, if somebody said, would you consider giving a talk? We have this group meeting. What would you love to talk about? What is the first thing that pops up? So like, will you role play with me, Meg? Absolutely. So is there something that you just are giddy to talk about? Some topic that, that is just really near and dear to your heart? Yeah, that topic would be how our limiting beliefs keep us from reaching the goals that we want for ourselves. Yes. So limiting beliefs is where we would start. And I would say, okay, so let's take limiting beliefs 
And then let's branch off limiting beliefs, three or four things. So limiting beliefs, they are maybe installed or instilled in us as kids. That might right. be one topic. Mm-hmm. And then we go over here and we go, how the limiting beliefs shape our decision-making, how our, our limiting beliefs shape the words we tell ourselves and our belief system around how the world works, and ultimately then changing limiting beliefs to create empowering beliefs to go talk. Well, what I, what I did was I just created 10-minute sections of your 45-minute talk, and then the last 15 is a challenge to them to go out and do it or share with your neighbor what you've realized your limiting belief is today during my session and what you're going to change. And then, you know, you thank everyone for coming. And oh, by the way, I also help coach people out of their own limiting beliefs. And if you're interested, just go to my website. So right? good. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I love to help people do is if you can craft stories and you have some jokes and some one-liners and things in there, I really believe the best speakers out there are just great storytellers. And you are one. I mean, you're an amazing storyteller. So what are the five stories? And this is part of my speaker launchpad training. Mm-hmm. What are the five stories that people are always like, Meg, tell that story. Tell the one about the thing where you did the, you know, what, which one I'm talking about. When you <laughs> I, write I those, do. <laughs> you do, right? When you write those out, that becomes the framework for your talk. So I have a talk about, I rolled over a Jeep Grand Cherokee. I rolled it end over end four and a half times. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Not the not, way it's supposed to be on its wheels, Adam. Not I on the know. roof, the wheels. It was not intentional at all. <laughs> okay. Um, it was the day before, it was basically the second day of what was going to be a six week trip. Oh, no. And this, and this happened. It's a great story. We all, we both of us walked away without a scratch. Oh, good. But it's a leadership story, it's a vision story, it's overcoming adversity story. You know, so I can shift and, and change the meaning of the story to any group that I'm speaking to. And that's the power of those stories that you have is, you know, you can tell one about your boys and it might be adversity or it might be, you know, good parenting or positive mindset, whatever it may be, you can spin that and that becomes the centerpiece of what you're going to go out and talk about. So good. So sometimes I will, when I'm talking with, with somebody who's trying to get that traction, I'll recommend that they build a framework of a talk and have it in their pocket. So that, because you never know when suddenly somebody's going to reach out to you and that you might not have a four week window. You might have that their speaker just got the flu and they need somebody now. And if you have your your talk, your go-to talk that really represents what you do and you've practiced it and you're just ready to go. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, I think it's brilliant. I probably have, I mean, I go to the extent that not, are, not only are they outlined, I've got probably 30 keynote presentations already built. So if someone said, well, I need something on networking, I can go got do it. that. Yeah. Somebody needs an entrepreneurship program, no problem. Let's go talk about that. So yeah, totally agree. I think having at least one or two is a great idea. I tell people three titles and three session descriptions in your pocket at all times. Perfect. So if you Good. know three titles, yours might be limiting beliefs, you know, how to build a business, a coaching business. Right. And coaching right. is a leadership style. I mean, there you, you, know. there yeah. you go. And that, that coaching as a leadership style is an example. Let's take that one. That program, when someone says, well, where would I speak? That's usually the next question. Uh-huh. I could take that program and say, well, where do the leaders congregate and where are there mass numbers of leaders who then are going to go back and impact other people at their companies? 
So what we're going to do is we're going to go into the association business and you're going to look up and forgive me, Meg, you're in Texas, right? I am in Texas. Yeah. You don't have to forgive me, but it's okay. I, I got brought here. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not native. Huh? You're a hostage. <laughs> it's uh, all good. No, I, I've been here a long time, but no, go. I was just joking. Go ahead. The, um, the, every state has an, a, a society of association executives. So in Texas, it's the Texas Society of Association Executives, probably txsae.org, I'm guessing, is their website. So you would go to that website. You could more than likely order their membership directory for $25 or $40. And you're going to have a list of every association executive in the state of Texas. And then you just send them your one sheet, your speaker one sheet, your bio. And, and it basically says, hey, I, I am doing a ton around coaching as a leadership framework. There's a lot that needs to be done in today's day and age, particularly virtually. It's a great way to lead people is to coach them. So I have all these amazing takeaways for the audience members, and I would love to come present at your next convention or be considered. Mm-hmm. And what they're going to do is they're going to put you on this list, and you may not get it that year because they've probably right. already scheduled it, but six months, nine months, 12 months, you're going to be on the docket, and you go out and do that. And speaking is such an amazing thing because it, it launches your credibility to the roof immediately which is very interesting. It's like writing a book. You know, people are always amazed at at books being written. And it's like, well, I just sat at Starbucks three days a week for three months, two months, and then published it. It's not, it's no great feat necessarily. It's just a thing, but it is a credibility. That's the thing that you made a priority and that you did. You didn't let other things get in the way. You did it. You committed to it. You did it. And now you have your baby that is in a cover. I do. I do. Yes. And it's really pretty and I like it. I look at it often. I think that's awesome. <laughs> and you're right. That's another credibility tool. Yeah. So we've got this. What else do we need to focus on about speaking as a way to attract clients, to a way to build credibility, a way to interface with the people that you want to know that you're there? Yeah. So there are, you know, there are people out there who speak for a living. They are professional speakers. That's all they do. And that's all they want to do. And for a long time, I, would, I put myself in that camp. I was a professional speaker. I made my living doing it. I created content on the side. The content was an extra, but really my revenue came from speaking. Mm-hmm. And so you can either look at yourself as a professional speaker, that's what you do for a living, mm-hmm. or you can look at yourself as speaking in order to market whatever your services are. And if you are speaking to market whatever your services are, then make sure that in the middle of your presentation or throughout your presentation, you have sprinkled hints of this is what I do. So you might tell stories of clients who've had breakthroughs. You might talk about your office and when you have office hours and meeting with people, you can talk about breakthroughs that you've helped lead people through. But at the end, what I really encourage is what is the takeaway or, or an internet marketing speak, they'd call it a tripwire product. What is the tripwire that you're going to have people go through that's maybe for you a laser coaching model for mm-hmm. leaders that they can download? And when they go download that from your very simple website or bit.ly site or QR code or whatever you're giving them, you grab their lead and that becomes a lead for your client business. So if anyone out there in your audience is listening, wondering, well, how do I build this bank of potential business, this is the way to do it. You're going to go speak. And even if you did once or twice a month, 
mm-hmm. at even the Rotaries and Kiwanis clubs, Lions mm-hmm. clubs, chambers, and you have a tripwire product at the end and it's building a list that you can market and sell to, you're going to be busy. So good. And I want everybody to pay attention and you might need to go back and listen, but Adam did a beautiful job seeding an idea of what he did earlier. So when I asked him about the tips that he could give about uh, speaking, he said, well, I run a program. He seeded what he does right within the speaking very without being pushy, just kind of let us know. He was, he was letting us know what he does as he's speaking to us. So I thought that was a beautiful example that I wanted to highlight. I appreciate that. You caught me. (laughs) (laughs) So for anybody who's hyperventilating right now, Adam's not asking us to have 30 fully written keynote addresses practiced and ready to go. Start with one, build to three, but it starts with clarity. What is it that lights you up and that you want to talk about? And Adam can tell you, that's the first thing I ask my guests who come on the show. What lights you up that you want to talk about? Because I know that all of you will benefit from that. I love it. And I think that your point is really poignant in the sense that if people are thinking, well, do I, do I talk about coaching or do I talk about, you could talk about whatever. I mean, it could be about how you found your passion or this trip that you took. I mean, I, I t- did a talk last year that landed me two new clients. And the talk was about how I took a month-long vacation with my family to Italy and how it had been a, a lifelong dream of mine to live like an Italian for a period of time in a villa you know, near the Amalfi Coast. And I finally made it happen. And I talked about it. And two people came up and said, I want to know how you did this because I want to do this. And I, I've been try- racking my brain trying to figure it out. And I said, you really should come to my retreat because this will help you get super clear and it'll also give you all the strategies. And the two people both showed up at the retreat. Amazing. So you can build a talk that does not necessarily have to be the ABCs of you know business, whatever. No, talk about what fires you up, what inspires you, because your being inspired will help other people be inspired. Anything else about speaking to sell before we move into some other way to build business? The last thing that I'll say about speaking is I learned, uh, this was something that I gleaned from a speaker that I saw at a conference and, and he made the comment that we should all be pursuing mastery of something. And at the time I thought, mm, I love that idea. I'm going to pursue mastery of speaking. And mastery of speaking for me was just carving out time on an almost daily basis where I'm watching a speaker that I have affinity towards. Mm-hmm. You know, So the Andy Andrews of the world or... I love listening to Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield back in the day. Um, so much so that I ended up going to Jack Canfield's Train the Trainer program, uh, met Jack. Jack had been a mentor of mine for a long time. And then to meet him in person and spending three weeks with him, it was just, it was awesome. So I encourage those of you that are interested in zeroing in on a speaking topic and honing your speaking skills, watch a bunch of TED Talks, study the people that you, you love, the, the speakers that you think, wow, what do they do that's really engaging and like him or, or hate him. I listen to Joel Osteen and I just, I listen to him for the way he presents mm-hmm. and how he's speaking and ministers are a great, I mean, preachers, they're like some of the best orators out there. So right. you know, go to the preacher base and find one that you love. And you know, whether you like their message or not, listen to what they're, how they're saying what they're saying and just get really good at that. Like pick apart. Oh, I really like that, that joke, or I like the pause they did or 
That's what I tended to look for. And the comments that I get quite a bit, Meg, are, wow, I don't know what, what it was, but I just love that talk. You know, I, that's the greatest feedback ever for me. Right. What I hear in that is you did a really good job of fine tuning the details of the pauses, the storytelling, the jokes, eye connection, one on one, you know, type banter, that kind of thing. And so my end comment on speaking is practice, get good, work on it over time, know that it's not an overnight thing, but in pursuing mastery of it, you will become masterful in it. Love that. We almost good enough to end the interview there, but we don't want to do that because I know you've got more. We've got more. So what else do you want us to consider as we're thinking about up in our game in building our business? Yep. I fully and wholeheartedly believe in the power of network. And I think this is a very broad, broad brush, generalized statement. But I think there's a lot of people that have a hard time asking for help. And yet there are so many people in their immediate vicinity that want to help them. And so I have this theory, and I did this as a talk years ago and then started developing it more into a framework that I used in business. But it's the idea of networking power. And power is an acronym. It stands for promoting opportunities while establishing relationships. And the way I use power is when I meet someone for the first time, I don't ask them, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? How long have you done it? Do you have family? I ask them things like, what are you super passionate about? What would you do for free every day of your life if you could? If you could afford to, what would you do for free? And people will tell me. Uh They'll say travel, or I would dig wells in Africa, or I'd climb Mount Kilimanjaro, or I would, you know, sail the seven seas or whatever. Uh Uh And then what I attempt to do is I attempt to connect them with someone who's either done that, doing that, or wants to do that. And what I find is that as I start connecting all of these people, I create really great social capital in the relationship. And I have no problem sending an email out to a group of people who I call my power 100 list which is now about 350 people (laughs) because I keep adding to it. But the power 100 list are the 100 people in your life that like, love, and respect you. And they're more than willing to do anything for you. Mm -hmm. All we have to do is send an email out to them and ask them for their assistance. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that your audience, if they created a power 100 list, the people in their life that like, love, and respect them, and they get their first name, last name, and email address in a Google Sheets or an Excel spreadsheet, and then you go to MailChimp or Infusionsoft, or, which is now Keep or, or ActiveCampaign or whatever program you want, and you plug the, that list of names in and send them one email and just say, hey, I'm, you all know that I'm in the coaching business. I have a point where three of my clients just finished their tenure with me and I've got some openings. And I would love to work with people that you think would be worthy of my time and that you think need my assistance. So would you be willing to send this email out, forward it on about coaching? And I think if you did that to a hundred people, I think, you know, 20 to 25 people would be like, oh, I totally forgot you did that. And I've been meaning to share your information with this friend of mine. So thanks for the nudge. And they send it and you get five new clients right off the bat. I full, fully wholeheartedly believe that this is possible. No matter what business you're in, you can use this, what I call leveraging the power of connections. And what's so cool, even while Adam was talking about that, my mind went to who connected Adam and I. So many of you listened to my show with Ronan Leonard, and 
what came through that interview with Ronan was what a connector he is. Totally. So he connected Adam and I. He actually connected me to two other guests that you're going to meet during the, the shows as well. And, and it is the power of connection is just so important. And that lights me up. I mean, that the connecting is just probably the, the bloodline that runs through this whole podcast. No doubt. No doubt. And Ronan is an amazing dude. Not to mention the fact we look kind of alike too, I think. But he is. He's a great connector. And when I got on the call with him, that was the same thing I noticed. Hey, how, how can I help you? Who can I connect you with? He is what I would call a super connector. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's a nice, nice connection here. Now, you also talked about, well, and I don't, I, I don't want to get past network and, and connection before we're sure that you've said everything you want to about that before I nudge you into something else that you said. So just want to give you space. Anything else you want to share about that? The, you know, the, probably the end comment I would make on networking is I'm in a community where Des Moines, Iowa, which is my hometown here, it's a small town. I mean, it, this, this is a place where you can go into Panera or Starbucks and know five people. And, you know, this is a community of 500,000 people, but it feels like a small town. And because of that, the power of networking is really strong here. So don't underestimate you being in your own community and creating a network of your own. So as an example, again, last, last comment on networking, Meg, I have long thought about this and, and it, I had one planned right before the quarantine happened, but I was going to throw a cool people party and just invite all of the people that I felt needed to meet each other and get 40 or 50 people either in my house or if we didn't want to do that, we'd you know, go to a craft brewery somewhere and take it uh -huh. over. But I want to introduce all of these people that need to know each other and be the super connector in that room because I think it will generate business right away. And so don't be afraid to create a gathering of your own and just say, hey, this is not about gaining business, though that may be a cool byproduct of it all. Right. I just want all these people to meet each other because you all need to know each other and there likely is business in the room. Oh, so that's so leave cool. It at that, and here you go. Here's a free drink ticket and let's have fun tonight. How cool is that? I really love it. I wish I was in Des Moines, Iowa. I was thinking as you were saying that and how connected your community is, how many people were probably pulling for you while you were writing your book in Starbucks. Starbucks, you know, there's Adam writing his book and, and we're excited to see it come out. So they did. They all knew it. I went out to my Power 100 list for them to help me promote it when it came out. Every one of them so far. And they've all been great. They're like all part of my book launch team and they're sneezers of mine. You know, they tell other people about me. So it's good. That's awesome. So the other thing that you said, and I just wanted to touch on as you were sharing your story, you were talking about creating content. You said, so I sat down and I started to put some content together. Yep. And I'm wondering if you have any, any tips about the content toward business building, like how you might tie those together. So I mentioned the tripwire product, the thing that you give away. And, you know, you, I'll go back to your comment about what if people are discounting what they know, because, you know, who wants this? So I'm constantly testing tripwires to see what are people interested in. Do they want about this values assessment that I do to make sure you're truly aligned on your core values? Do they want the zero-based budget if they're really trying to build a bigger life and free up cash flow? Do they want my debt shredder tool to help them get free? So I'm testing all these tripwire products along the way. 
And to me, that is content creation. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly just saying, someone asked me about this. Maybe I should create a document or a guide or a video that then becomes this piece of content I'm going to put out and see if it has legs to see if someone is gravitating towards that. And if so, when I find the ones that really have appeal, I'll use them over and over and over again. So I think in your question, Meg, the question behind the question might be, how do I do that or how do I create it? And are you familiar with mind mapping? Yes, I love mind mapping. So Tony Bazan wrote this book years ago. He was the sort of the grandfather of mind mapping. And my dad taught me how to do it. And my dad is this brilliant creative, was in organizational development work. And I, I, he is the reason I am who I am today because we would sit around the kitchen table when I was a teenager and talk about the seven habits and the fifth discipline. And it was very boring uh, chatter for a teenager, but, but it shaped me. And um, so he taught me how to mind map. And essentially what I do is I'll take a topic and then I literally do exactly what I kind of demonstrated I would do with your talk about leadership. Exactly. I would do a center and I always do it on a whiteboard or a giant white sheet of paper. And some people will think that they have to start creating on their keyboard. So I'm going to start on my laptop or on my desktop and start writing. And I really believe that when we are trying to be creative, we have to do it from a right brain perspective as opposed to your left logical brain. Mm-hmm. But we sit at a computer that's very left and logical and very linear digital versus having a fat whiteboard marker in my hand. And I can stand at the board and then step back and look at it and go, no, that's not right. I'm going to add this and this and this. So I will set the timer. Now I'm getting into the details a little bit, but I'll set a timer for 15 or 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, my topic is X. I have 15 or 20 minutes to build out an entire mind map on what I would do. So I put all the content I could possibly put on the board in 15 or 20 minutes. And then I go back with a different color marker and I star all the points that are the most relevant. Oh, wow. And now, then, what does that 15 minute time do for you in the process? It compresses time for me. Mm-hmm. That was a trick I learned from the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he talked about the 80 20 principle, Pareto, the Pareto principle. So, 20% of your activity results in 80% of your productivity. And then he also talked about Parkinson's law which is the perceived complexity of a task is directly related to how long you give yourself to complete it. So if I'm focused on the 20% most important activity, mm-hmm. and I also compress time, then I get the most out of it that I possibly can. So the, the analogy I use is like, I could squeeze a lime with my hand and get out a fair amount of juice, or I can w- use one of those juicer things and like really get, get it out. and Really juice it, yeah. Like really juice it in short order. <clears throat> So I try and make, to continue the analogy, try and make the squeeze worth the juice. I compress the time as much as possible. So 15 minutes, I'm racing the clock to get as many ideas out as I can. Because I could spend a day right. mind, you know, mind mapping, brainstorming. Our, our tasks definitely expand into the time that we, we give them. So I, I love that tip. So many gold nuggets you're giving us. As a matter of fact, I think that we could probably talk for a long time. The audience is, is like, oh, tell us more, tell us more. But we're actually kind of coming close to the end of our time. So yeah. what, what have we left on the table that you would like to be able to wrap up with? I, I would love to add that as you build your business, one of the things that I cannot emphasize strongly enough is having a team. 
and building a, a, a group of people, a book of names that are your team in building your business. So I would be remiss if I didn't mention my, my operations director has been with me for six years, going on seven. And she is my right arm. She does everything that, you know, I say, I have this crazy idea. Can we do that? And she'll go, give me a day. I'll figure it out. Wow. And she builds it. Now, if I were trying to build it, I'm a creative, but I don't like the details. Mm -hmm. And I have a really hard time if someone said, well, we have to connect, you know, this autoresponder to this lead generation page, to this tripwire product, to this, you know, I I would. Yeah, you lost me. Yeah. That's garbage for me, you know. Mm -hmm. Molly Rose is amazing at it. And she also teaches people how to, she has something called the VA Academy. So she teaches people how to be a VA like she is to me. And, and she's not even a VA. She has like elevated herself right. five levels from VA status for me. She is truly an operations director. She is a op- business operations manager for me. But there was a time in my career, I couldn't afford her, but I still had her. And it's really important to have, to almost overstep your bounds a little bit on an assistant because it forces you to get really, really intentional about what needs to get done and what is worth it for you to do and what it's mm-hmm. worth for someone else to do. So I would say find that person that you can trust to help you build your business and you'll see a, a 2x, 5x, 10x spike in your revenue. Oh, wow. More really great information. Now, I so enjoy my time with you and I, I'm willing to bet the people who are listening are like, oh, give me more of Adam. So I just want to let you know that Adam talked about finding people that you can watch and learn from. Adam has a great YouTube channel. I so enjoy listening to your clips, seeing the way that you do those. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel? Well, well, thank you for bringing it up, Meg. I started this last year and I was kicking myself because I went to a conference five years ago and there was a guy on the stage saying, you must YouTube, you must YouTube, you must YouTube. And I've written it in big, bold letters on the- I journal. must YouTube, yes. That's what I wrote down. And yet I didn't for four years, four and a half years. And then last year, it just hit. Like, And this goes to all of your audience, you as well. We have to use our voice. It does not matter how we use it, but we have to be using our voice. Whether that's on podcasts, on YouTube videos, we're sending emails out to people. We have to be using our voice in order for people to hear who we are and they don't know how smart we are until they hear how smart we are. So I started doing the YouTube channel last year. I put 52 of them in the can. So I have one a week, every week. It comes out on Monday. I call it a dose of vitamin AC. And every week is four or five minutes of just actionable content that you can put in your life right away. And it's at uh, youtube.com forward slash Adam Carroll speaker. So if you go to Adam Carroll speaker on YouTube, you will find my channel. I welcome the subscriptions. It helps in the YouTube algorithm. I think I'm in the hundreds. I want to get in the thousands and eventually tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands, millions of people following. So I would love subscribers on that channel. So youtube.com. And it's, it's good stuff. You guys know I don't like put things in front of you that aren't of value. Adam's content is of value. You can learn from the way that he presents. You can learn from the message that he brings forward. So I encourage you to do that. Adam, thank you for spending time with us today. Oh my gosh, it was a pleasure. I'm so glad you asked and I love what you're doing. I love the premise of your show and how it's, how it's structured. I can only imagine the value you're bringing to a ton of people. So thank you, Meg. Absolutely. You have a great day there with your palm tree.
So what do you think about that? I got to tell you that when I was interviewing Adam, I kept thinking, oh my gosh, he's bringing another tip and he's telling us another strategy. He was just the gift that kept giving in this interview. And I want to thank Adam Carroll for all that he shared with us. If you'd like to know more about Adam, if you'd like to be able to follow his YouTube channel, go to starcoachshow.com. Episode 197 show notes are going to have all the links to be able to connect with Adam. Be sure to come back next week when I am spending time with Master Certified Coach Mel Liao, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Mel embodies what coaching is all about. He talks to us about how coaching can be used in social impact, in families, in business, just how can we embody the power of coaching and bring coaching to the ends of the world. He's very inspirational. I'm super excited to introduce you to him, so be sure to come back next week. I also want to invite you to Wednesday's Wisdom, which is my Facebook Live, every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific. Be sure to join us. I answer your coaching questions, and we focus on some tidbit for you to walk away with and apply to your coaching. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rate and review at Apple Podcasts. I have a goal for 100 reviews by our 200th episode, so we're getting close, and I would appreciate your thoughts about the show. And until next week, This is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have an awesome week. Be well and stay safe.